Welcome to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio, keeping you connected to your faith and your world. Teresa tackles the issues of faith and culture, the pro-life message, and media awareness. And now, here's Teresa Tamio. And it's a Tuesday. It's February 6, 2024. Great to be with you. Great to be back home in Michigan after a very busy 10 days on the Good News Marriage Cruise. 800-plus people and tons of EW10 Ave Maria radio listeners and some wonderful presentations. Archbishop Nauman, Father Michael Schmitz. Oh, my goodness. It was just a, a great week. Very inspirational for all of our couples. If you'd like more information, you can check out next year's goodnewscruise.com. Coming up, speaking of marriage and all that good stuff, we're going to be checking in with our friends Ken and Sydney Castell from Couple Prayer. Really excited that they have a DVD series available. So if for some reason you can't bring them to your parish, and by the way, they've been down in Dallas doing a big series of talks on Couple Prayer. We'll hear about that as well. But there are wonderful DVDs, and you can do this in your home on your own as a couple, or you can invite other couples over and make it, let's say, maybe a, a Lenten project series, or do this in your parish again on your own, just maybe have a couple leading it. So we'll be talking with Ken and Signe Castell, find out how things are going with their couples in Dallas, and also talk about World Marriage Day, which is coming up on February 11th. And also, Marriage Week, National Marriage Week starts tomorrow, and the theme is Love Beyond Words. And lots of information on the USCCB marriage site for yourmarriage.org. And then we're also going to be speaking with Ariel Del Turco. She's the author of the report and director of FRC. That's the Family Research Council Center for Religious Liberty. They're releasing their updated report detailing the intensifying intolerance toward Christians in the West. And this just came out, and it's pretty alarming. I mean, it's not news for those of us who are doing this for a living in terms of reading stories and reporting on things that are happening. But for the average person who's busy and going about their lives may not be aware of just how intolerant many countries, including our own country, have become toward Christians. And many of those doing the persecuting claim to be Christians, in many cases even Catholic Christians. So we'll digest that and uh, dissect it with Ariel Del Turco, and that's coming up toward the end of the program today, 39 minutes past the hour. Pray for the people in California. They are getting clobbered, I mean, with a lot of dangerous rain. The National Weather Service is telling us that an atmospheric river continuing to bring flooding rains, strong winds, coastal flooding, and high surf to Southern California today. Then they have heavy snow continuing across the Sierra, spreading into parts of the Great Basin. And then a storm system is also bringing heavy rain and a threat for flash flooding across Puerto Rico and the U.S. Virgin Islands. And that is going to be in existence all the way through Thursday. So, wow, some pretty heavy weather hitting parts of our country and also the U.S. Virgin Islands and Puerto Rico. It is three minutes past the hour. It is a Tuesday morning, February 6th. Great to be with you. Thank you to Sherry Brownrigg for filling in for me yesterday. And, of course, kudos to my wonderful producer, Andrew Kruchek, who always does such a great job, regardless of who's in the hosting seat and keeping things running smoothly. Need to check the news. It's about, uh, well, three minutes past the hour, almost four minutes past the hour. Let's see what's happening in and around the world on a Tuesday. The Archdiocese of Colombo, Sri Lanka, confirming with Catholic News Agency that it's set to begin the canonization process for the hundreds of faithful killed back in the 2019 Easter Sunday terrorist attack in the country. According to CNA, the Archdiocese plans to submit a petition to the Vatican to declare those killed in the Easter Sunday attacks martyrs of the Catholic faith. The Archdiocese will be submitting the petition on April 21st. That's exactly five years After those attacks took place, that is the minimum amount of time required by the church to open a person's canonization cause. Eight suicide bombers targeting two Catholic churches, one evangelical church, three luxury hotels, and other locations back on April 19th in 2019, killing an estimated 269 people and hurting more than 500. And out of fear of additional attacks, in-person masses were suspended, and Catholic schools were closed in the Archdiocese for several weeks. 216 Catholics from two different churches, St. Sebastian and St. Anthony, were massacred in the cold-blooded in the cold attack. 
In other news this morning, the U.S. is continuing to launch strikes against Iran-backed groups in the Middle East. In Iraq, Kier Simmons says the Iranian-backed militia fired another deadly drone strike. Kurdish forces who are backed by the U.S. are saying that six of their, quote, commando fighters have been killed in a base in eastern Syria. American forces hit four anti-ship missiles and a land attack cruise missile in Yemen that were getting sent to target ships in the Red Sea. This comes as the Secretary of State, Antony Blinken, is traveling to the Middle East to push for a humanitarian pause in fighting between Israel and Hamas. Blinken will also push for the release of more hostages and increase aid to the Gaza Strip. Central Command is continuing its assessment of Friday's strike against more than 80 targets. U.S. forces are targeting the Iranian-backed groups responsible for the attack in Jordan that left three American soldiers dead and dozens of others wounded. Arab-American leaders in Dearborn, Michigan, outside Detroit, continuing to call for the Wall Street Journal to retract the opinion article that calls the city America's jihad capital. The article's author, Stephen Stolinsky, is standing by what he wrote and says there is clear support in the open in Dearborn for the October, October 7th attack on Israel. In a phone interview with CBS News Detroit, Stolinsky, who heads the Middle East Media Research Institute, says a response to his article shows that most people didn't even read it and are merely reacting. They saw the headline and saw his statement, and that's it. I guarantee you all the political people who are putting out statements, all the media so far that's put out hysterical statements, the people on social media, the Wall Street Journal is closed. You need a subscription. I guarantee you the majority of people on Twitter who, who went ballistic didn't read the article. Zelensky also saying he was not focusing on residents as a whole, but recent activity in Dearborn in support of Hamas. That are getting more aggressive, both in Dearborn as well as around the country now. These there's signs that you're seeing uh, pro-Hamas people, Hezbollah at the protest, and this is should be an a, a, alarm for national security, counterterrorism to be looking at. No one's doing that. Um, that's the, that's the essence of the article, but I, I really think like nobody looked at the article and everyone just went with the mayor's statement and didn't bother reading the article and that's really sad. But I'm not saying that's not a broad swipe at every single person in Dearborn at all. I, I didn't say that. In addition to Dearborn's mayor, Michigan's governor and the president have both criticized the article strongly and the founder of the Arab American Civil Rights League says... They want the article retracted, but also they want the paper to issue a formal apology. Last night, as Phil Farrar tells us, the San Diego region getting its first taste of what is expected to be continuous and massive downpours. That's when the National Weather Service issued a flash flood warning for Riverside County, southeastern Orange County, and northwestern San Diego County. It all came after Doppler radar indicated heavy rain of some locations that may have experienced flash flooding. Temecula, San Clemente, Camp Pendleton, Fallbrook, Dana Point, Murrieta, Camp Pendleton, North and South, San Onofre, and Ortega Highway. Those steady rains expected to remain throughout the day and, of course, heavy at times. Republicans are vowing to kill the Senate's bipartisan border security and foreign aid package. House Speaker Mike Johnson says the legislation won't even come close to ending what he called the border catastrophe. He also said the bill will be dead on arrival in the House if it makes it out of the Senate. Opponents are arguing it does not, in their opinion, go far enough in restricting the number of illegal entries. A House vote, meanwhile, on impeaching Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas could come as early as today. On Monday, the Republican-led House Rules Committee voting to send the measure to the full House for a vote after Committee Chairman Tom Cole of Oklahoma accused Mayorkas of refusing to uphold his oath of office by failing to enforce immigration laws. Mr. Chairman. Aye. Mr. Chairman, aye. Clerk will report the total. Eight yeas, four nays. And the ayes have it. Cole referring to Mayorkas as a principal architect of the border crisis. Massachusetts Democrat Jim McGovern, meanwhile, slamming Republicans over the effort, calling it the most frivolous impeachment effort the House has ever seen. If the vote is successful, Mayorkas will be the first cabinet official impeached in almost a century and a half. Scott Pringle tells us Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg is expected to present charges to a grand jury today in connection with an assault on New York Police Department officers in Times Square. 
Video shows more than a dozen people believed to be migrants hitting and kicking two NYPD officers outside a migrant shelter on January 27th. Well, the district attorney, Alvin Bragg, is going to present charges to a grand jury in this case after getting criticized for not requesting bail for several of the suspects, some of whom reportedly fled the state. Bragg says some of the most culpable individuals have not yet been arrested, but his office is working with the NYPD to find them. Federal authorities investigating if a group of migrants, meanwhile, arrested in Phoenix, Arizona, are part of that group that attacked the officers. Immigration and Customs Enforcement agents picked up the four men yesterday at a Greyhound bus station in Phoenix. They are suspected of giving fake names to a church group that organizes bus rides for migrants out of New York City. And new polling data showing Joe Biden trailing GOP presidential frontrunner Donald Trump on major policy, economic, and personal comparisons. That's according to a new poll from NBC News. Joe Biden trailing Donald Trump by more than 20 points when asked which candidate would better handle the economy. The president's deficit versus Trump on handling immigration and the border is greater than 30 points. And Joe Biden's approval rating has declined to the lowest level of his presidency at 37 percent. The poll then shows Trump getting support from 47 percent of registered voters in a hypothetical 2024 presidential rematch versus 42 percent who back Joe Biden. Country music star Toby Keith has passed away. The singer-songwriter passed away yesterday at the age of 62. He was born in Oklahoma back in 1961. He had recently been diagnosed with stomach cancer. Just days before his death, he posted on the social media platform X about how he got to start. I was 14 or 15 years old. It was called, uh, if you're handing out a heartache, and it was, it wasn't bad, it was structured right. But it wasn't very good either. Some of his most popular songs include As Good As I Once Was, Red Solo Cup, and Courtesy of the Red, White, and Blue. He won two Country Music Association awards and was nominated for five Grammys as well. Abby Bennell tells us Britain's King Charles III has now been diagnosed with cancer. Buckingham Palace saying it isn't prostate cancer, but it was discovered during a recent procedure for a benign enlarged prostate. The type of cancer and prognosis not being disclosed, but the palace saying the king is receiving regular outpatient treatment. The 75-year-old monarch won't be attending public events, but the palace says he's looking forward to returning to full duty as soon as possible. Prince William, who's also been out of the public eye due to his wife Catherine, the Princess of Wales, undergoing recent surgery, Will now return to public duties later this week. Snap is planning to lay off 10% of its global workforce. A social media company announcing the cuts yesterday, which will affect about 500 employees. Snap's last major round of cuts came in 2022 as part of a business restructuring plan. And it will soon be more expensive to have a Delta SkyMiles American Express credit card, the company increasing fees this year, but also adding more benefits. The annual fees of the SkyMiles Amex cards will go up from $99 to $150 each year for gold cards, $250 to $350 for platinum, reserve card fees going up $550 to $650 every year. Benefits for platinum and reserve cards include a companion certificate, allowing you to bring a companion on a trip with the purchase of a Delta ticket, the new fees taking effect after May 1st. And finally, in our news segment at about 13 minutes past the hour, Dean Anakodiak tells us it's shaking up to be a record year for spending this Valentine's Day. That's according to the National Retail Federation. It says consumers plan to spend a total of $25.8 billion this Valentine's Day, on par with last year's spending and the third highest in the survey's history. 62% of consumers aged 25 to 34 intend to celebrate this year more than any other age group. Consumers expect to spend $185 each on average. That's nearly $8 more than the national average Valentine's Day spending over the last five years. It is a Tuesday morning. Thanks for listening to the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. And don't forget to check out the great story. I was reading it this morning. Huge, huge fan of the work of the amazing Helen Alvary. She's just a pro-life warrior, wonderful teacher, professor, writer, speaker. She's going to be honored at the National Catholic Prayer Breakfast this week. You may have heard the interview we did about it a couple weeks ago. But the Register has a beautiful interview with her. And she has some really great ideas and some very strong messages for those of us wanting to impact the culture. I'm sure she'll mention it at the prayer breakfast, but also the article's excellent. So read that National Catholic Register piece on the amazing Helen Alvary, who's being honored at the National Catholic Prayer Breakfast. 
this week. I believe it's tomorrow, February 7th. We'll be right back on a Tuesday. And do hope you're safe if you're in California. Be careful out there. A lot of rain expected in your area to continue through tonight and tomorrow. And when we come back, being that tomorrow starts Marriage Week, right? National Marriage Week. Great time to talk about praying as a couple. And Ken and Signe Castell will be along to do just that. See you in a few minutes. This program is brought to you in part by Charity Mobile, a proud partner of Ave Maria Radio for over 15 years. Charity Mobile is the pro-life cell phone company and has sent nearly $2 million to thousands of pro-life charities. 4G LTE coverage is available nationwide, and 5% of your monthly plan price goes to your favorite pro-life charity. A video introduction is available at CharityMobile.com. Charity Mobile, everyday living, effortless giving. CharityMobile.com. The Heart of the Interior Life with Elizabeth Jingle. St. Ignatius of Loyola introduces the sixth rule of his 14 rules for the discernment of spirits, calling to mind the directive of the fifth rule. In the fifth rule, St. Ignatius directs us not to change our spiritual decisions or proposals when we are in a time of spiritual desolation. The sixth rule states, Although in desolation we should not change our first proposals, it is very advantageous to change ourselves intensely against the desolation itself. The call in the sixth rule is to change ourselves, to change ourselves intensely against the spiritual desolation. We are not called to passively endure spiritual desolation, for God's call in the time of spiritual desolation is always to resist and fight against the desolation with strength, trust, and determination. How will you change yourself against the desolation? For more information, visit AveMariaRadio.net. When the need for senior care arises, home is where the heart is. Visiting Angels provides home care for mom or dad up to 24 hours per day, including personal care, meals, and light housework. You may select your professional caregiver with Visiting Angels. More information at VisitingAngels.com or at 877-374-LIVE. That's 877-374-LIVE. Visiting Angels, America's choice in senior home care. Welcome back, Catholic Connection. It is a Tuesday morning. It's February 6th. Tomorrow we begin National Marriage Week. All kinds of information on the USCCB website, foryourmarriage.org. And perfect timing to discuss marriage and couple prayer with our friends Ken and Signe Castell. They're based in my home area, the Archdiocese of Detroit, been doing a wonderful job of leading couple prayer. But they've been back and forth to Dallas for the last six weeks. And, wow, I heard it's going great. Ken, I'll go to you first. So give us an update on, on, on what you're doing in Dallas. Yeah, it's really extraordinary. We were invited down here by Father Eugene O'Donnell at uh, Holy Family of Nazareth Parish in Irving, Texas, and his vision was to come down and bring couples from all of the parishes, as many as could participate in the Dallas Diocese, to attend the series uh, and then to take it back to their parishes. Uh, we have got uh, over 50 couples that are showing up every wow. week. Where, yeah, it's, it's just extraordinary and really great, great people uh, on fire for the program, loving it. Um, we've even had... Uh, a couple of different sharing couples volunteer to come down from Michigan to uh, to tell their stories to the couples, and it's just it's been a tremendous experience. It's been great. And Sydney, what are your thoughts that, having done this now for a couple of weeks down the Dallas diocese? Um, first of all, amazement. I just uh, you, there is no boundary to the crazy things that God can do. So um, it has. It has been extraordinary, and it has just inspired and, um, you know, nudged us into so much more growth, even personally, uh, in addition to the into the uh, the ministry. And it has been just such an extraordinary experience. And you know, just trying to get our uh, our our constraints on the ministry expanded because uh, there obviously are no limits to this, and God is really working hard at uh, opening hearts to it and changing marriages and families. Yeah, yeah which is huge. Isn't you can't, isn't go ahead, way, Kenny. Uh, yeah, go ahead. 
yeah, a podcast yesterday with uh, the head of evangelization for the Diocese of Pensacola in Tallahassee, uh, Dr. Tom Neal, and, and that went really well. So they're looking at bringing us there as well. So we're really, uh, God is doing great things, as Sydney said. Is it is it a coincidence that you're going into all these warm climates? <laughs> um, yeah. I'm just saying. Until they bring us to Florida in August, then uh, the coincidence will happen. Uh, hey, I like Florida in August. I like the extreme heat. I wouldn't complain. I love Florida. It's a beautiful state. I, I'm just kidding, you guys. We, we're both from yeah. southeastern Michigan, and Kenny mentioned in his in his notes that he got away from the cold. Hint, hint. Well, so did we. We were, of course, on the on the Good News Cruise, which was fantastic. So, Sydney, you said something interesting, and, and Ken, I'll have you pick up on it. She said it's been personal growth for you guys. What, what do you think Sydney meant by that, and what, what is it for you, Ken, in terms of the growth you've seen in yourself? Okay. Um, you know, it's just such uh, an affirmation, I think, from the Lord that uh, we are doing um, exactly what he, he wants us to be doing. And the opportunities that are presenting themselves are beyond anything we could have imagined, really. And um, and also just the experience with this faith community of Holy Family of Nazareth down here. It's, it's really been an inspiration and an encouragement to us as well as to our our friends, our two couples that Ken mentioned, who have ventured down here to um, share their story and to just really, you know, be a shot in the arm for these couples to really stay committed to this because it is so life-changing mm-hmm. for marriages and families. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that pretty much sums it up to you. I mean, I mean, we, we realize now, and we've always realized, but we realize even more now the impact it's having on people. When we're hearing people from around the country that are wanting to to, to get this into the hands of their uh, of their people, and, and Father Eugene down here says this this will change the diocese. He wants he's the one that's got the vision for doing this diocese by diocese. This will change the diocese of Dallas. Uh, and I think he's right when I see the enthusiasm of the people down here. So it's it's very inspiring, very uplifting, and really affirming that we're doing the yeah. right thing. That's awesome. Kenneth Sidney Castell from Couple Prayer. Right now they're finishing up a series they've been doing in Dallas, the Diocese of Dallas. And also we're going to be promoting the beautiful DVDs. If, if you can't get to an event or want to do something maybe on your own before bringing Kenny and Signe down or into your parish or your diocese, this is a great way to begin. You know, it's interesting you should, you should say that uh, the priest that brought you down was saying this could change the Diocese of Dallas. We were talking about this a lot on the Good News Marriage Cruise because before we set sail, we had the wonderful Dr. Scott Hahn and Kimberly, and when they gave their testimony, it was so beautiful. They spoke individually, but they tied in a lot of the challenges they had in their own marriage. But Scott was saying he was really struck by, he heard a priest say, something similar to what your priest with whom you're working said, that if Catholic couples, and Ken, I'll go to you first, would just live out the marriage sacrament as they're called to do, self-sacrificing, loving, praying together, being a witness, that we would change not just our own area, but change the world. I'm I'm wondering your thoughts about Mm -hmm. that, Ken. Yeah, and it's absolutely right. I mean, as Pope John Paul II said, uh, you know, family is is the... the future of the world passes through the family, and at the center of the family is the is the couple. And what we've got, what we're trying to do is strengthen marriage to put an end to divorce and the destruction that that causes to to the family, and in turn to the generations that follow. Um, it's such a simple thing to do to pray together, and see, you know that uh, the divorce rate among praying couples is one in one thousand one hundred and five. Right. I mean, we can pretty much wipe out divorce if if we simply get couples praying together. And then their children will see them praying together. And when they get, grow up and get married, they'll pray together. And it's it's exponential the way it can impact the world. Yeah. But it's got to start one couple at a time. And that's, that's why we really like to push during Lent this idea of take the six weeks of Lent, get the DVD series, do it at home, it's six weeks long. It's a perfect match for Lent. And bring another couple or two into your home, as you mentioned in, in your intro, um, so that they can, you know, do it together. And it, it's just such a beautiful way to go through Lent. We're supposed to pray and, and sacrifice. Well, sacrifice a little bit of time. And do this as your increased prayer activity for Lent. 
Um, it's, it, we've had so many couples that have done this during Lent, either by DVD or if they're in our area, been able to, to come and see us, that it, we hear how life-changing it is. Mm-hmm. What's the website, Ken, and can they get those DVDs in time for Lent next week because it starts on the 14th? They can. If, if, they, if they jump on it today, tomorrow, they will have it by Lent. They'll have it by Wednesday. Uh, the website, you asked, is couplepreyer.com. So couplepreyer.com, no S after couple. And we, as our tradition, uh, we've discounted uh, both the home edition and the facilitator edition by 20%. And we'll keep that discount up there for your listeners until next Wednesday. Let's talk so more about the series when you, we have to break uh, for a satellite break, as you know so well. Kenneth Senior Castell from Couple Prayer. More on the DVD series with a great idea for Lent. We'll be right back. Tuesday, February 6th, 28 minutes past the hour. Have a great, I mean, a great encouraging conversation with Ken and Sidney Castell. They're based in the Archdiocese of Detroit, but they travel around the country giving these beautiful talks and series on the Couple Prayer Series, which actually began in our Archdiocese by a wonderful deacon who's a personal friend of ours for many years, passed away not too long ago. But Deacon Bob would be so, so proud of you guys and how you've just taken this. And, and I know you were a little bit overwhelmed in the beginning but just look what god can do with a yes and and ken did you ever expect this i mean god's just crazy with good never isn't he? in yeah. my wildest dreams i thought yeah. you know we do an occasional series here and there but to have him grow it the way he did um we're just along for the ride too. yep yep and it's like being on a roller coaster okay everybody with the hands up Woo! where are we going now okay we're going this way we're going that way Woo! The Great Adventure, as Stephen Curtis Chapman says. All right, let's talk a little bit more, uh, Kenny, about the DVDs, because this is something that, that really was on the heart of Deacon Bob, to make it more the, the series more accessible, right? Yeah, yeah. So it was recorded by Deacon Bob and Kathy. Um, very personable, very easy to, to, to watch and follow. It, it's basically the, the, the live series on a DVD. So you can watch it six weeks. You've got a diff, different disc for each week, and it also comes with a CD where you can print out the 42 daily prayer exercises. So that's the home edition. Um, and it, it gives you everything you need to experience the series and to go through the series. It's in 11 countries around the world. Wow. I mean, that, it, it's, it's, and that was Bob's doing. We haven't added any countries. Uh, Bob and Kathy had that growth right out of the box. But we just love the idea, and especially this year with Valentine's Day coinciding with Ash Wednesday. Right, all right. So mm-hmm. what I mean, if, if for husbands out there listening to us right now, you know, get your wife the flowers or get her the box of chocolate, but you want to really impress her, you want to really, you know, win over her heart and show her how deeply you love her, pick up the DVD series and say, honey, let's uh, let's do this for, for Lent. Let's let's start praying together. Yeah. It will change your life. I guarantee it. It will change your life uh, so for the better. And if it doesn't, you know, we'll send you back your money. It, it's, it's extraordinary. So, Cindy, what, what do you do if you have someone, a spouse, whether it be the husband or the wife, that is reluctant to go? Because, I mean, some people are reluctant, but they just go along. Okay, fine, I'll go along for the ride, you know, whatever. And then they end up getting even more involved in the person who brought them there in the first place. But is it difficult to get a spouse to do this if they're not totally on the same page? Actually, um, you are right on with that, Teresa. I would say, we would say that um, a, a huge percentage of the couples who do end up participating in the couple prayer series, um, there at least one of them was reluctant in the beginning. But what we would say to them is, you know, just think about the rightness of putting Christ at the center of your marriage as it was intended to be. Um, and so I would say, have a conversation. You know, I know a lot of people are like, oh, my husband or my wife would never do this. How do you know unless you engage them in a conversation and at least enter into it and give it a try? It is. It starts out in such 
shallow water, you know, just really easy prayer exercises, 42 of them for the six weeks that you'll be doing this. And it simply starts out really simple um, conversations that, like us, married over 30 years, at the beginning of this series a number of years ago, it was like, isn't it strange that we've never had these conversations before. Mm -hmm. We get so caught up in life that we lose sight of the treasure that we have in the other, in our beloved. And this really opens your heart and allows you to be open and vulnerable to the goodness in one another that you never knew was there. And that's what God does when you put him at the very center of your marriage. Any, any follow-up to what Sydney said? That was so beautiful. No, I'm, I'm just sitting here uh, in awe. It was, uh, <laughs> it was fun watching her say that, but, but she's right. You know, to hear your spouse thank God for something that you've done or something that you've stopped doing is really extraordinary. Um, and that's part of, part of what we get you comfortable doing. Uh, as far as the reluctance, um, once you get past week one, um, most people are hooked. Uh, we've told couples that when we're doing a live series, just come, come. I'll, I'll tell the husband that's the reluctant one usually, just come to week one. Don't even pay. Just come to week one, and then if you like it, come back in week two, and if you want to make a donation to the ministry, great. If not, that's okay, too. We're not doing this for the money, as you well know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you're on yeah. our board. You know, you know that we're not doing right. it for the money. Um, but it's, you just got to try it. And, and as she said, just, have the conversation. Wives, ask your husband if they'll do this with you, and and they will. Um, yeah, and call us. I mean, you, you got you got we've got contact information on the website. You can reach us. Uh, send us an email. Say you need to talk about it. Uh, my husband's kind of reluctant. I'll call him and talk to him. Mm-hmm. It, it, we we just want we want to get the word out. We want to change the world to the extent that we can one couple at a time, and this is the way to do it. Yeah, absolutely. This is why it's just so important, these types of events, or whether it's a couple prayer, which is huge, and and maybe in addition doing a a retreat of some sort, but to really focus on your marriage, because so many of us, I was mentioning in the first hour of the program this morning in in introducing that your segment was coming up, that we just, as you said, Sidney, you were married and you thought you had a good marriage, but you're just going through life not really concentrating on your relationship, concentrating on everything else. And, and we, we have it backwards. We have to start first with our relationship with God, and then we work on our marriage. We accept who we are from God and his love, and then we can give back. What a great idea, though, Kenny, because this would start, it's perfect to start right on Ash Wednesday. Oh, yeah, it is. It's ideal. It's, it's, it's six weeks. And, and we like to say, you know, uh, our, our, our Lord suffered through, uh, Lent, uh, the, the, the passion, but at the end of at the end of it all came the resurrection. Amen. So, do this with your marriage. I mean, Absolutely. at the end of it, at the end of the six weeks, as we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord, you're going to be celebrating the resurrection of your marriage. And it's not it's not just I'm not suggesting here that if you're you need to be doing this if your marriage is badly damaged. This makes good marriages great. It brings back that spark and that love and that connection and the intimacy that you had when you were first married. It makes good marriages great, but it's also saved very troubled marriages as people come back and bring Jesus into the center of their marriage. Preach it, brother. Yep, you're doing a great job. <laughs> Ken and Sydney, yeah, it's true. I know Deacon Dom and I went through it when, when with Deacon Bob Ovias right after it started yeah. many, many years ago. Ken and Sydney Castell from Couple Prayer. Okay, there is a discount, and I never met a sale I didn't like. Kenny knows that, so does Sydney. So, Kenny, give us the deal again of what's being offered to our Catholic Connection listeners for the Couple Prayer DVD series. Yeah, the, the regular home edition Six DVDs plus the CD with the daily prayer exercises is normally $80. We're knocking 20% off at $64, so $64. Uh, the facilitator edition, which is normally purchased by a parish, is regularly $125, and from now through next Wednesday, it'll be $100. We're knocking 20% off of that as well. Okay, website again? CouplePrayer.com. Okay, and you can find out about Ken and Sydney and bringing them to your area as well at CouplePrayer.com. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. 
dive into it. Hello, welcome back to Chatting with Ariel Del Turco. Getting ready to dive into this very important recent report from our friends at the Family Research Council. And she's the author of the report and the director of the FRC Center for Religious Liberty. And there's not that much liberty when it comes to religion, unfortunately. That's what we're seeing in this report. And in a number of different countries, 16 countries. But I'm sure that you're going to tell us, Ariel, that some of the problems are right here in the U.S. of A. Good morning. Thanks for joining us. Good morning. Thank you for having me. All right. So give us the latest, a a summary, and then we'll kind of dive into it. Yeah, so we looked at uh, from January 2020 to uh, December 2023, and we looked at 34 countries across the West, countries that we think of as free and open, they're democratic in Europe, the United States, Canada, New Zealand, Australia, and yet we still identified 168 incidents total across 16 countries where the government had specifically targeted uh, Christian, either individual Christians or churches in some ways. Uh, so we think this is a concerning trend for religious freedom. Oh, yeah, I would say so. Let's talk about those closest to us. So, for example, let's start with the U.S. and then move across the border in Canada. What are we seeing? Well, in the United States, certainly under COVID, we saw a lot of unfair restrictions on churches. But more recently, we see that a lot of the battle is around free speech and censorship the ability of Christians to be able to speak and articulate their biblically informed beliefs in the public square. So we see uh, Christian teachers who are being fired for uh, refusing to uh, hide a student's gender transition from their parents. Uh, We see uh, employees fired for uh, disagreeing with gender ideology, like state county employees. Uh, So a lot of these battles tend to be around the hot and political issues of our day, particularly abortion, uh, homosexuality, transgenderism, uh, and Christians' ability to be able to live according to their faith uh, and not violate their conscience with respect to these things, uh, or the inability of Christians to be able to speak what they believe. Are people becoming more aware of, of how bad it is and how bad it's getting, do you think? Sometimes I get the sense that people are just kind of like the frogs in the water and they slowly turn up the heat and sooner or later we're going to wake up and realize that so much has been taken from us. I think there's always the temptation to think that, oh, this won't happen to me, it's not happening where I live, uh, this is a problem, I don't know, maybe only in California or only uh, for people who are pro-life activists or something like that. Uh, but when we don't stand up for these cases, when we don't stand up for the pro-life activists, uh, for the people being fired for their beliefs, uh, that really encourages more and more of it to happen. Uh, and soon these things will be happening to us, and it will be happening closer to home. But I think this is something we shouldn't shrug off as someone else's problem. It's really a problem for every Christian in the United States and the West. You know, it's interesting. We just came off of a, of a marriage cruise, and I'm not going to mention the person's name, but there was a staff member on the cruise that was talking to us who was Catholic, and he almost got fired for, for telling people, have a blessed day. I'm not kidding. Just by saying that, he almost got fired for it because some people apparently were offended by the word blessed. And he, he felt comfortable speaking with us because we knew we were on a Catholic, with a Catholic group, and there were several priests that, that were in our group to whom he was speaking. But can you imagine that? He, all he's saying is, have a blessed day. And, and he was threatened with losing his job. Yeah, that really goes to the central theme here of there seems to be a growing intolerance for public displays of Christianity, even simple displays like that, like have a blessed day or maybe God bless you. For, yeah. Like these, these are basic things that would have been widely accepted in Western culture uh, dec- even decades ago, and now they are viewed as, offensive in some time. Yeah. We're taking a look at the Family Research Council Center for Religious Liberty report regarding uh, free to believe and the persecution that's going on around the world. And, and right here in the United States and, of course, in Canada as well, Ariel Del Turco is our guest. She's the author of the report and the director of FRC, the Family Research Council Center for Religious Liberty. Let's talk about our neighbors in Canada because things are getting really crazy there as well. 
Yes, we see in Canada very similar issues to the United States, many free speech issues, um, also issues with street preachers uh, being unfairly targeted and almost harassed by uh, Canadian authorities. Uh, we also see where even a teenager in one instance was arrested for uh, organizing a protest based on both his understanding of the Bible uh, and understanding of bio- biology. He organized a protest against biological males using the women's bathrooms at his school, uh, and he was like arrested and suspended and expelled um, and even arrested for trespassing when he tried to simply go back to school. He just wanted to go to school. Uh, so we see issues in Canada very similar to the United States and showing a very problematic trend. So what do we do about this? What, what is your recommendation? I mean, the Family Research Council does such a great job of, of keeping us aware of what's happening. Any any suggestions from your experts, including yourself? Yeah, I think it can be difficult for people to hear some of these things. Uh, probably even the Kingdom in Canada, they might think, well, how can I affect that? But really, I think this issue, this issue of combating intolerance towards Christianity, it starts at home, and it starts with us being comfortable uh, having those public displays of Christianity, right? Praying in public, uh, sharing your faith and your beliefs with your coworkers. Uh, a lot of people working in, uh, in a secular corporate job, they might think they haven't met a Christian who uh, believes in natural marriage or met a Christian who uh, is pro-life. And maybe they have, but that person just hasn't shared it. We need to be bold in uh, articulating our beliefs in a respectful way. And when the culture is more exposed to Christianity uh, and to Christian beliefs and to uh, good Christian uh, believers, I think that tolerance for Christianity is going to grow. So what's been the response when you release these reports? What do people say in terms of what's going on around the world, but also right under our nose? I think people are very surprised. Uh, They don't expect it. They expect these countries to uh, have some of the best religious freedom conditions in the world. Uh, And sadly, that is just eroding. It's eroding, and soon it won't be true uh, if we don't do something about it. I'll give you one more example from the United Kingdom. I think this is just one of the most egregious violations of religious freedom. We saw in one instance, and several similar ones, a lady named Isabel von Sprouse mm-hmm. was standing near an abortion facility within, yeah. I believe it was, 150 meters or yards. Um, and she was just standing on the public sidewalk, standing still, not holding a sign, not saying anything to anyone. And the police came and questioned her and said, oh, are you protesting? She said, no. Uh, they asked her all these questions, and then they asked, are you praying? Because praying was specifically prohibited around these abortion facilities. And Isabel von Spruz said, well, maybe I'm praying in my head, but not out loud. And that was enough for her to be arrested. So we see in the United States... I'm praying in my head. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, Talk about Orwellian. I mean, this is just frightening. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Praying, I I still can't get over that. And I, I covered that story here in this program. Praying in, I might be praying in my head. And they haul her off to jail. She gets charged. She eventually wins. But what she went through, Ariel, for saying she was, my, I might be praying in my head. Right. right? And, and as part of this, when we see people like Isabel uh, targeted by authorities, it discourages other Christians from praying in public, even in their own heads, right? Uh, it really is meant to discourage and silence other Christians. But we need to not let that happen. We need to see inspiring stories like Isabel's and say, you know what, I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to follow my convictions. If the Lord is convicting me uh, to pray outside an abortion clinic in a respectful manner, I'm going to go do that even if it might cost me something uh, because it's the right thing to do. Well, I don't know if you heard about the case at Notre Dame where uh, the Irish Rover, the Catholic newspaper on campus, was sued by a Catholic professor because they just reported what she was saying about abortion, and she claimed they were defaming her. Now they won. But imagine what those kids were going through when they were just doing their jobs and reporting on a professor who says she was Catholic and she worked at the university. 
but was on social media, was publicly in other, in other venues saying that she was, you know, staunchly pro-abortion. And they just had everything documented, and they, and they backed it up, and, and they won. But imagine the stress that they felt as, as young journalism students just trying to put the truth out there. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. Especially in the United States, many of our laws that protect religious liberty are still very strong, and so we often do win in the courts. However, often the process is the punishment right. for these people who are sued and have to be dragged through court. Uh, it's very emotionally taxing. Uh, it's time-consuming. Uh, it puts strains on their relationships. It's very hard to uh, endure a long court case like that. Um, and so sometimes the process is the punishment. Yeah, yeah. And that's why a lot of people get away with what they do, because they know that. They know that. And so they, they try to lord it over people and say, we're threatened to sue them or whatever, and, and people back down, unfortunately. Yeah, absolutely. And it's all meant to discourage us, but we need to like, hold strong in our faith and not be discouraged. Uh, there is reason to hope, especially with strong uh, laws that protect religious freedom. However, I always like to remind people that Religious freedom doesn't just rely on good laws and good legal protections, although we need that. It also relies on cultural support. Mm-hmm. So we can build that cultural support ourselves and our communities just by living out our faith without fear, uh, praying in public, doing all of those simple things in our daily lives uh, that indicate that, you know what, we're Christians and we're not ashamed of that. Uh, and we will show our Christian faith in the public square, and we have every right to do that. Well, you think about it this week, Ariel. We have the National Catholic Prayer Breakfast coming up. We just came off of the huge March for Life in D.C. and the March for Life West Coast, and there's public praying going on at all those events, and people are the hundreds of thousands of people are, are, are people are doing it, and that to me says a real makes a real statement. Absolutely, absolutely. That's always encouraging, and we need more of it. Uh, we need more public displays of Christianity uh, in a respectful way, uh, to, just to show the left or, uh, I don't know, these atheist legal groups that like to sue Christians that we are not backing down, that we're not afraid, that we will live out our religious freedom. And religious freedom, it's defined as the ability to uh, choose to hold and to live out your faith. So that includes living out your faith in public, showing your beliefs in public. We have every right to do that in the United States, and most of these Western countries have strong laws that also affirm those things. We need to be unashamed and unafraid just to live out our faith in our daily lives and in the public square. And even if you're just standing there praying in your head, right? Absolutely. (laughs) I might be praying in my head. Off to jail, you horrible criminal. Oh, my goodness. Welcome to the real world in 2023-24. Ariel, how do we get a copy of the report? Yes, you can go to frc.org slash free to believe. And how often do you release these? This was an updated report uh, from a few years ago, but we're always releasing uh, new reports that track uh, religious freedom concerns in the United States and around the world. Uh, we have an updated report coming out soon about um, attacks and vandalism against churches in the United Ooh. States coming out in a few weeks. And unfortunately, I think we're going to see a big rise there. So yeah. that will be yeah. something to look out for. Well, we'll definitely have you back on because that's important. We need to be aware of what's happening. We can't walk around and worried about everything all the time, but we need to be aware. But then, as Ariel said, we can't despair because we know that uh, we read the good book, we win in the end, and we have to calmly and respectfully go about and practice our faith and not be afraid to do it publicly. And there are wonderful events that I just mentioned that are happening or have happened where people are doing just that. Ariel, thanks so much. appreciate your great work at the Family Research Council. Thank you for having me. All right, you have a great day. And, of course, we'll have her back on when the next report comes out, just so we're aware of what's going on. I would definitely take a look at this, because if you think that this is something that's only happening in third world countries or countries that are that are run by communists or whatever, you need to take a look, because they have a whole section on the U.S. Pastor criminally charged for allowing homeless to sleep at his church, November of 2023. Church charged excessive fees by county utility company regarding what they believe in terms of sexuality. Virtual school board sued by state attorney general for approving Catholic schools application to be publicly funded charter school. This happened in October of last year. Couple denied foster care license because of Christian beliefs about sexuality and gender last September. Big story we covered at EWTN and Catholic News Agency. 
It's real. We need to know about it so we can address it. And then we keep on keeping on respectfully praying and practicing our rights. Freedom of religion, freedom of prayer, freedom of the press, First Amendment. We'll be right back. When the need for senior care arises, home is where the heart is. Visiting Angels provides home care for mom or dad up to 24 hours per day, including personal care, meals, and light housework. You may select your professional caregiver with Visiting Angels. More information at visitingangels.com or at 877-374-LIVE. That's 877-374-LIVE. Visiting Angels, America's choice in senior home care. Fire on the earth, Peter Herbeck. Jesus said, you're the light of the world. And one of the things that he meant by that was the Christian people understand the larger story that's unfolding in history. So as St. Paul said, as the saints echoed very clearly, we're now living through just a, a short moment, a slight momentary affliction, he calls it, in this life, which is going to make way and lead us to an eternal glory beyond all compare. The secret to the fruitfulness and the strength of the apostles was that they lived with a clear vision of the future, an eternal perspective, fixed on the destiny of where their life was headed. And they lived with the realization that, wow, yeah, life is very short here. Everything is temporary. Nothing here in this world is ultimately going to last except the ultimate destinies, the eternal destinies of every human being that exists on the earth. And they knew that whether good things were coming their way or bad things from the world's perspective were coming away, nothing could steal from them, nothing could take away the gold that was in their heart, the treasure that they bore. You're a temple of the Holy Spirit. Peter Herbeck spreads fire on the earth weekday mornings at 6.30 and again at 11.45 on 990 Ave Maria Radio. Thanks for tuning in to EWTN tomorrow. Looking forward to catching up with Joan Lewis for our look at what's happening in Rome, the audience message. And then on Thursday, a special treat. Our very own Father Mitch has a brand new book out, and we're going to be talking about that later in the week. Have a great day. Adamani. You've been listening to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio. Catholic Connection is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Our producer is Andrew Kruchek. For copies of this program or for more information, visit AveMariaRadio.net. That's A-V-E-MariaRadio.net. Thanks for listening and join us next time for another edition of Catholic Connection.